We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Spurs Up Show, the best Gamecocks podcast on the internet. Today is Friday, December the 17th, 2021. Today's show, we're talking recruiting, folks. I hand out 2021 early signing day superlatives for Shane Beamer's first full class as Gamecocks head football coach. Guys, I'll break down the class in its entirety once again. Also, I'll talk best immediate impact player, sleeper of the class, the best offensive and defensive players, best three to four career at USC, as well as give my overall grade for the 2021 signing class to this point. Also, guys, we are talking Gamecocks on the hardwood as Salcona basketball travels to the upstate to take on the arch rival, the Clemson Tigers at Little John Coliseum tomorrow night on the ACC Network. Guys, I'll break down this game in its entirety. First things first, we'll talk about the Tigers. Also, top storylines, Clemson players to watch for, keys to the game, and I'll give my prediction for tomorrow night's game as well, guys. we got a packed show here on a Friday, and as always, it's brought to you by our friends over at Upstate Movers Group. Guys, Upstate Movers Group, for all of your moving needs this holiday season and going into the new year, be sure to contact our friends over at Upstate Movers Group. You can find them on social media, at Upstate Movers Group, of course. If you have any other questions, go to their website, upstatemoversgroup.com. That's upstatemoversgroup.com. Be sure to check them out and tell them Chris from the Spurs Up Show sent you. Let's get it. Boys and girls, TGIF, happy Friday. Hope you're all doing well. I'm Chris Phillips, host the Spurs Up show. As always, appreciate you all tuning in. Hope you're having a fantastic Friday. Hope you're having a fantastic start to your weekend. And I hope this show does find you well. No matter where you are, what you're doing, whether on the commute, you're in the office, you're in the job, you got the day off, whatever it might be. Maybe you're hitting the road for the holidays and going out of town. I know it's that time of year. We're all going to see family and friends. Some of us going on vacation as well. So again, guys, I hope you're all doing well. Hope you're all having a fantastic start to your weekend. And by the way, let me wish you all a very happy 
bowl season. If you did not know, today is the first day of the official bowl season with games getting underway today. So again, for all of us out there that love college football, congratulations. Bowl season is back and I hope you have a fantastic time watching all the bowl games this 2021 to 2022 bowl season. But again, folks, thank you all so much for doing it. I do want to say this. First things first, thank you so much for the love and support this week, guys, and you rocking and rolling with the show, with the content, the Daily Crow, everything we do. You know, it has been one crazy week. I'll tell you that from Spencer Rattler and Austin Stogner shaking up the college football world and shaking up the South Carolina world, certainly on Monday night and then signing day and then everything else happening with Shane Beamer. It has been a whirlwind, but again, guys, you guys have been there every single step of the way, supporting, showing love, tuning in. And again, I just want to say, guys, thank you, thank you, thank you so much. Because again, guys, without your love and support, TSUS would not be what it is and what it's becoming. So again, thank you all so much. I mentioned vacation. Before we get going, guys, because guys, we have a lot to get into, a lot to talk about, uh, I do want to start off with a quick content update, guys, going forward. So... As I mentioned, many people are going home as next week is Christmas week. They're either going home to see friends, going home to see family, going on vacations, going wherever. Yours truly will be heading home for the holidays to see the family. And next week, we'll be out of town on family vacation. My brother is coming home from leave in the Army, and we're going on a big family vacation from the 19th to the 23rd, getting back late the 23rd. Then, of course, Friday is Christmas Eve, and Saturday, of course, is Christmas Day, which is also, by the way, just a quick reminder, shameless plug, yours truly's birthday next Saturday. But again, I wanted to update you guys, let you guys know. I'm not 110% sure whether we'll have a podcast on Monday because, of course, tomorrow's game is a very, very big deal, and I want to make sure we cover that in full detail. However, I can say with certainty, because of travel next week and it being Christmas week and being with family and being out of town, I will not be posting any podcasts, no podcasts next week at minimum Tuesday through Friday, because I would probably say most likely no podcast Monday as well. But again, you never know. I'm still working on some things. Maybe just maybe we'll record the podcast Saturday night after the game, but certainly no podcast Tuesday through Friday and no Daily Crow the entire week next week. So again, guys, I do apologize. I know some of you probably kicking and screaming right now, wondering, Chris, what am I going to do with my lunch break? What am I going to do from noon to two? But no Daily Crow next week, noon to two, Monday through Friday, the entire week. Now, with that being said, guys, of course, Gamecocks women's basketball plays Tuesday night. Gamecocks men's basketball playing Wednesday afternoon, which, by the way, we are giving away a pair of tickets to that game on Wednesday. So, again, be sure you participate in that that giveaway happening on Instagram. Thanks to our friends at Dason and Shalabi Law Firm. I would love to give those tickets away to a great Gamecock fan and get you guys in Colonial Life Arena. But, again, most likely no podcast at all, and certainly no Daily Crow next week, as again, yours truly will be out of town. With that being said, we'll have tons of content on social media, tons of different things I'll be doing, but uh, yeah, it is the holidays. It's that time of the year, and again, I do have some content I still do want to get out, but uh, no podcast, no Daily Crow most likely at all next week. We will get back in town in the studio at the Content Creation Factory on Sunday, December the 26th, and we will lock in for game week for the Gamecocks game against the North Carolina Tar Heels and that 
bowl game. So again, guys, just wanted to keep you all updated, let you know what the deal was and the content schedule and stuff like that. So again, like I said, guys, I do apologize for uh, for no podcast, no daily grow, but you know, just the nature of the beast with Christmas time and being on the road and stuff like that. So again, I appreciate you all. Like I said, guys, rocking and rolling with the punches. So again, the last podcast. This will be the last last podcast for gosh, about a week and a half or so. So again, let's have a damn good one. We're going to do so, by the way, guys, because yesterday, right, we all know signing day was on Wednesday, the early signing day, which Wednesday, like I said, was a complete whirlwind, almost like a blur, if you will, but in a really, really good way because so much was going on with signing day, all the madness, all the drama, if you will. Yesterday's show, and I talked about this a little bit on the Daily Crow that, you know, I wanted to put together a much more... Uh, concise and, um, you know, show where I was able to really express my thoughts on the signing class to this point, if you will. But because of Wednesday's schedule and the madness that was, and we were live on the Daily Crow, we were live that morning, we were live at Tin Roof, Shane Beamer had his presser, he had his call-in show. There really just was no time, honestly, guys, to record the podcast for Thursday. So again, that's why you got the Tin Roof conversation on the podcast yesterday. Today's show, though, I really wanted to dedicate an actual podcast to sitting down in the studio, going over this recruiting class with you guys, and giving my full thoughts on it. So again, without further ado, we're going to talk this 2021 early signing day class and also hand out some early signing day superlatives for the 2021 class as well. So again, I do once want to once again go over this signing class right now. And if you'll notice, you'll notice this does not include quarterback Spencer Rattler or tight end Austin Stogner. So I want to make that very clear off the jump. We've talked ad nauseum about the impact of those guys and what they mean to South Carolina football. And obviously, yours truly is still on cloud nine right now when it comes to those additions. But I want to focus specifically on this 2021 signing class or 2022 signing class, I should say, uh, but the 2021 early signing period, if you will. So let's go through this class one more time just to run you guys through the Gamecock signees right now, and then we'll dive into our superlatives as well. You start at the top in the defensive backfield, and the Gamecocks certainly signed a lot of players that are going to help them out in the secondary. The top prospect you signed, safety Keenan Nelson Jr. out of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, six foot one, 200 pound, four star player. Uh, you move down, four star quarterback Braden Davis out of Delaware, six foot five, 195. Then you go four star linebacker, of course, a huge pickup earlier in the week. Four-star linebacker Stone Blanton out of Madison, Mississippi, six foot two, two twenty. You then move to three-star safety Anthony Rose out of Miami, Florida, six foot three, one eighty. You then move to three-star Emory Floyd, uh, safety out of Powder Springs, Georgia, six foot one sixty-five. You then move to three-star wide receiver Landon Sampson out of South Lake, Texas, six foot one, one hundred eighty pounds. Three-star linebacker Donovan Westmoreland out of Griffin, Georgia, six foot two hundred fourteen pounds. Three-star safety Peyton Williams out of Rockwall, Texas. Six foot one, 180 pounds. Three star offensive lineman Ryan Brubaker out of Denver, Denver, Pennsylvania. Six foot six, 280 pounds. Three star safety Kawan Banks out of Tallahassee, Florida. Five foot 10, 
170 pounds, three-star defensive lineman, Felix Hickson out of Jackson, Georgia, six foot three, 285 pounds, three-star safety, Nick Emanwari, right here from Columbia, South Carolina, went to Irmo High School, six foot three, 208 pounds, three-star offensive lineman, Grayson Maines out of Swanee, Georgia, six foot five, 265 pounds, three-star defensive lineman, Jamal Weiss out of Miami, six foot three, 270 pounds, three-star wide receiver, Kylick Horton from the state of South Carolina, Summerton to be exact, six foot three, 190 pounds, three-star edge player, Brian Thomas. Thomas Jr. out of Winter Garden, six foot two and a half, 225 pounds. Three star offensive lineman, Kaysen Henry out of Marietta, six foot six, 290 pounds. Three star defensive lineman, Demetrius Watson out of North Charleston, six foot two and a half, 285 pounds. Three star defensive lineman, DeAndre Martin out of Colonial Heights, Virginia, six foot four and a half, and 290 pounds. And then finally, three star wide receiver, Xavier Short out of Chapin, South Carolina, six foot two. 208 pounds. Now, there is one guy that is yet to sign that is going to sign in February, and that is three-star athlete right here from in Columbia, DeQuandre Smith, played his high school ball at Spring Valley, six foot one and a half and 208 pounds. So again, that is your signing class for the 2021 early signing period. And what really stands out to you, and I talked about this, guys, yesterday, and I talked about this on Wednesday as well, But the fact that Shane Beamer and company were able to go in so many different states, I think it was like seven or eight different states they went to get players. Guys, I mentioned Florida, Mississippi, Delaware, Pennsylvania, Georgia, of course, Texas. Um, The list goes on and on and on while also locking up some really, really valuable in-state talent as well. I love to see that from Shane Beamer. Again, guys, we've talked a lot about the importance of in-state recruiting, but also not being so attached to that that you're willing to get outside of your state and just go get the best football players available. Again, I think it speaks to the connections that Gamecocks football coaching staff has and the fact they're willing, they're identifiers of talent to get outside of the state and just simply put, again, guys, find the best football players that fit what we're trying to do at the University of South Carolina. Now, the thing that stands out in this class, very defensive heavy, right? Six defensive backs committed in this class or signed, if you will. They're signed now. So six defensive backs signed in this class. And that really jumps off the page to you. Now, the approach, and I've talked about it many times, I think the Gamecocks went a little bit heavier defensively when it comes to the high school signees. I think you're going to see Sal kind of go much heavier offensively in the transfer portal. Again, we've seen that with Spencer Rattler. We've seen that with Austin Stogner. And I do not think Shane Beaver and the Gamecocks are done yet. So again, I I do think you addressed a lot of needs and I really kind of tried to gauge you guys on social media and how you were feeling about the class. And I, you know, I think most fans for the most part are pretty excited. Um, You look at where you're ranked right now, 23rd on 24 seven sports and 21st on rivals ranking about the middle of the pack of the SEC. I know right now on 24 seven, I believe you are 11th in the SEC on rivals, you're 10th. And on ESPN, for what it's worth, actually, you're the 16th ranked class and you're ranked sixth in the SEC. So again, guys, I know people, and I want to say this, I don't want to be the guy that says stars don't matter or, you know, don't look at stars because they're there for a reason. They're there for a reason. But I feel like fans do get kind of caught up and lost in the stars and the rankings. No, you're ranked here. And I understand that, because of recency bias, right? The, the, the Rattler and Stogner thing, 
that happened on Monday night. And so a lot of fans have a bitter taste in their mouth right now because the most recent thing that happened on signing day that involved drama went against the Gamecocks because of what Jay Sean Barham did on Wednesday morning. Guys, I would say this, and again, I'm going to get into the overall grade and stuff like that, so I don't want to say too much, but after you finish with a 79th-ranked class last year due to a coaching change and shame people really not having time to come in and recruit and stuff like that, a 23rd-ranked class, and again, this is the first class, first full class for Shane Beamer. I, I think it could be much, much worse. And again, I'll expand on that in just a second, and I'll leave it at that, guys. Again, let's get into our superlatives, though. Again, those are your signees. Let's dive into these superlatives, and I want to talk more in-depth about this class. First, let's talk biggest immediate impact player for the class. Now, when you take a look again, guys, I feel like it's a no-brainer that's going to be a defensive player because there are so many defensive guys, and you see what Clayton White and Torian Gray and those defensive coaches did with the players they had on the roster this year. I look at this class, and I feel like a dude that has been forgotten because he committed so early on, or at least over the summer, and you really, you know, there was no drama with him. You didn't hear much about him. And again, I know this might sound like a cop-out answer because he is the top-rated player amongst your signees. But to me, guys, the biggest immediate impact player and the guy that I expect to see on the field immediate, like, immediately next season is your four-star safety out of Philadelphia, Keenan Nelson Jr. Again, guys, six foot one, 200. You look at this dude on film, has incredible ball skills, incredible ball talent, has a knack for the football. And you're losing Jalen Foster, right? You're losing your guy, your All-American safety back there. You're going to need that help. I fully, fully, fully expect Keenan Nelson Jr. to flourish under Torian Gray, and I think he is going to be an immediate impact player. I think he's going to be back there and make some plays where I think he's a true freshman, guys. Again, this dude is college-ready. He's ready to make an impact. So, again, for me, guys, my biggest immediate impact player from the class is Keenan Nelson Jr. Now, let's move into the sleeper of the class, a guy that I think, you know, maybe fans aren't talking about as much or the ratings aren't saying much about him or whatever. But a dude that I can tell you this, guys, I talked to Gamecocks coaches, a few of the coaches over the summer, actually, believe it or not. Um, I talked to a few of the coaches over the summer, and this was a dude that they felt like was very, very, very undervalued and slept on because of COVID, believe it or not, because, of course, a lot of these guys right here that are signing, you know, the COVID thing happened, and they weren't able to go to camps. They weren't able to be seen. A lot of them had games canceled. They didn't get to put as much, as much, uh, you know, their performances on film as they would have liked. But for me, guys, and a dude that I think is going to absolutely ball out for South Carolina, and guess what? Here's the beauty of it. He's a local kid. My sleeper of the class, guys, is the safety from Irmo High School, Nick Imanwari, six foot three. 208 pounds, going to three-star safety, but his build, guys, is what jumps off the page at you. Six foot three, 208. Again, talking to Gamecocks coaches over the summer, they say this dude is an absolute specimen. He's an absolute freak. So, again, I feel like Eamon Warry is a guy, being local, hasn't gotten quite as much as the shine, quite as much as the pub, quite as much of the attention. But I'm telling you, I think in a few years, maybe not immediately, but I think in a few years, Nick Eamon Wari is going to be a household name in the back end of that Gamecocks defense. So, again, my sleeper of this 2021 early signing day class, Nick Eamon Wari. All right, let's move into best offensive and defensive player, guys, and we'll start on the offensive side. Now, many of you will just point to, oh, it's Braden Davis, no doubt. And I feel like certainly you could say that, you could argue that, but I feel like there's so much – what's the right way to put it? There's so much, there's so much that can happen at the quarterback position. You know, I, I'll be honest with you guys, and, and it's not a knock on Braden and, 
you know, is it unfair to put this on him because it has nothing to do with him? Sure. But, you know, we've gotten our hopes up so many times throughout the years for these, these gunslingers that come in and they're highly rated. They have four stars. They've got the build. They've got the height. They've got the hoopla. They've got this, that, whatever. And we try to crown them as, oh, that's the next guy. He's the next guy. He's the savior of the program. So I'm not going to put that pressure on Braden Davis. I, I don't know what to expect from Braden Davis. I can tell you this. I expect him to redshirt behind Spencer Rattler, who's definitely going to be QB1 uh, going into the 2022 season. So, again, I'm very high on Braden Davis. I feel good about Braden Davis, but I'm not going to put those expectations and that pressure on him quite yet. When I look at the best offensive player, guys, and the dude that really jumps out at me and someone that is in the Gamecock staff is really, really high on, the wide receiver out of South Lake, Texas, three-star wide receiver, Landon Sampson, guys. This dude was Quinn Ewers, who's at Texas now. Quinn Ewers, number one target in high school, six foot one, 180. But again, coaches are so high on him. Justin Steps, absolutely in love with this dude. And you watch his film, guys. It speaks for itself. I mean, it absolutely speaks for itself. The dude's a playmaker. Uh, he can make plays in space. He's got really, really nice speed, very sneaky speed, I call it, whatever. But uh, the best offensive player to me, guys, when you look at this class, and again, there aren't many to pick from because the Gamecocks didn't sign like a plethora of offensive weapons, if you will. And again, I think they're going to go much heavier in the transfer portal for those dudes. But Landon Sampson, I think, is going to be a dude that factors in early at South Carolina as a true freshman. Wide receivers, we all know, is a position of need. So, again, look for Landon Sampson, a youngster out of Texas. I think he is the best offensive player that you signed in this 2021 early signing day class. Let's move to the other side of the ball, guys. And I sort of spoiled it earlier. My best defensive player, I already mentioned him. He's also the biggest immediate impact player. That is the defensive back, Keenan Nelson Jr. Again, guys, I think he stands out above the rest. I know that might seem like a cop-out answer. So I'll tell you what, I'll give you another one. I'll give you another one. And a guy that I'm really excited about, Donovan Westmoreland at the linebacker position. I tell you what, that's another dude. Don't sleep on him out of Griffin, Georgia. Was once a Georgia commitment if that tells you anything. So, again, I think Donovan Westmoreland is set to factor in another position of need. We've talked about, guys, the linebacker position, how how that's been such an area of, you know, I I feel like, and it's no disrespect to a lot of the greats that have played that position. You know, you think of the T.J. Brunsons, the Ernest Jones, the Sky Moores, the Shaq Wilsons, the Jasper Brinkley's. But I can't think of a time where the Gamecocks were just star-studded at the linebacker position. I think, again, that's one of the reasons why you've struggled in stopping the run the last, like, five, six years. So I think a guy like Donovan Westmoreland certainly can help you there. But really, the guy that stands out above the rest, Keenan Nelson Jr., man. I think he's going to be an absolute playmaker for you. Now, let's move into the best three- to four-year career at South Carolina. And certainly, this is projecting, right? There's a lot of these dudes on here, and we're going to know, right? When people ask, well, just how good is the class? We're gonna, we're not going to know how good the class is until three to four years from now, right? We're not going to know until we look at, hey, who contributed, how many guys were impact players, you know, or some of these guys, some of the greatest to ever do it at USC. So we're not going to know all those answers. But just for fun, we'll project the best three to four-year career at the University of South Carolina. And I have not talked about him yet, And some of you might be saying, Chris, how have you not mentioned this dude's name? But I tell you what, he wins this award not only because of what he's going to do on the gridiron, but also the fact he's going to do it, I think, on the diamond. So, hey, I just said the best three to four career, the best three to four year career at South Carolina. I didn't say what sport, right? So, again, you guys know I'm talking about the best three to four year career at the University of South Carolina. 
Linebacker Stone Blanton out of Mississippi, the big slugger, the hard hitter out of Madison, six foot two, 220 guys. This dude is already built. I mean, he's ready to go right now. And again, I think he's going to factor in. He'll be in that rotation. I think he's going to play for you very early, like immediately for South Carolina. So again, uh, it'll be interesting to see how, you know, how quickly he can make a splash because he is playing his senior year baseball season, which I fully respect that. I think it's a smart idea, but he is playing his senior year baseball season. He will enroll in the summer and then start practicing during fall camp. But again, I think Stone Blanton guys, an incredible pickup for Shane Beamer. Again, six foot two, 220. This dude is already physically, I think, ready to go. And he is going to absolutely lay the wood on some people in Columbia, South Carolina. I think Stone Blanton becomes the next great Gamecocks linebacker. And again, will become the next or one of the next household names on that Gamecocks defense. Uh, that leads us, guys, into the overall grade for the Gamecocks 2021 early signing day class. And I want to go to Twitter really quickly because I ran a poll. And I want to see what you guys said. It's been running for a couple of hours now. I asked you guys, how would you grade the Gamecocks 2022 signing class? 816 of you have voted thus far. There's actually 17 hours left on the poll. So what have you, this could change. But 816 of you have voted. 62.1% of you have rated the 2022 signing class to this point as a B. Okay? The majority have rated it as a B. 29.2% have rated this class as an A, which is the second highest total. So you guys are pretty happy about this class. I mean, what is that? That's that's uh, 91% of folks out there. 91% believe this class is a B or better. That's impressive. 7.5% grade this class a C. And then 1.2%, which are probably just Clemson slapdicks, graded a D or lower. Um you know what's funny about this, guys? We don't always agree, but in this scenario, I do agree with you. I gave the Gamecocks overall grade for the 2022 signing class to this point, a B overall grade. Again, this does not factor in Spencer Rattler. This does not factor in Austin Stogner. I think, again, you did a really, really good job of addressing your needs on the defensive side. You know, we talked a lot about depth. And even though Clayton White and Torian Gray did what they did with the defense, you still definitely need to build depth. I mean, again, what they did with those guys, especially in the secondary, was nothing short of miraculous. So, again, as you continue to add good players, because I think we all feel very, very confident that the defense is going to be a strength for South Carolina for years to come under Clayton White. I think the biggest concern for Gamecock fans when it comes to this class is this. I think, number one, the – Jay Sean Barham madness uh, sort of left a, left a sour taste in some fans' mouth, but I don't know that you signed, especially on the offensive side, I, I just don't know that you signed a bunch of wow guys and guys that are going to be immediate impact day one superstars, if you will. Again, Braden Davis, <laughs> most likely going to get redshirted. Uh, Landon Sampson, I think he's going to be a nice piece, and I think he has the most potential to shine early. I think certainly he's got the most potential, but probably going to factor in the rotation. I don't expect him to be to expect him to step up and be your number one wide receiver. Uh, and then you look at the lineman. I mean, are you really going to expect guys like Ryan Brubaker and Grayson Maines and and uh, Casein Henry to play immediately? Again, I love the size of those guys. Again, Henry six six two ninety, Grayson Maines six five two sixty five, Brubaker six six two eighty. So again, I love the size, but the last thing you want to get into and get guys. The offensive line was abysmal this past season. 
it's not normally a recipe for success to throw in freshman offensive linemen and ask them to go get the job done. So I don't see them, you know, I, I think they could provide depth. It would be great to see them battling for spots and pushing guys, but I don't expect them to jump in and start immediately either. Um, and then you look at some of the other offensive guys you start, uh, you sign. I mean, Kyla Horton provides you some nice size, six foot three, one ninety. Uh, and then Xavier shorter to Chapin, which it sounds like they're actually going to beef him up and try to make him into a tight end. He's six two, two oh eight. Sounds like he's going to be in Eric Kimry's room working with tight end. So again, I, I think the class. I think fans' biggest gripe in regards to the signing class itself, the high school kids you signed, you know, where's the offensive firepower? But again, guys, don't fret. I do believe Shane Beaver and company are going to use the portal to boost the offensive side of the football. So again, with that being said, though, I think you did sign a lot of, a lot of really, really good players. And guys, listen, here's the thing. I know that, again, many fans have a bitter taste in their mouth because of the Barham situation, and you took a hit in the rankings. No question, you took a hit because you opened up on signing day, what, at 16th? You fell to 23rd on 24-7, 21st on Rivals, and somehow you're still 16th on ESPN, whatever, what have you. But, guys, this is a solid class. This is a good first class for Shane Beamer. And, you know, you look back at the Steve Spurrier era and when Shane Beamer was there and the, the level of classes they were pulling in. Again, guys, South Carolina has never recruited at some top 10 clip. They've never recruited a top 15 clip. You know, it's like the chicken or the egg conversation. What comes first? Do you have top 10 classes and then you start winning a bunch of games? Or do you start winning a bunch of games and then you start pulling in these big-time five stars and having top 10 classes? I think you've got to win. I think this what this staff has got to do, and I've said it before and I'll say it again, master talent evaluators, and now, now that you've signed this class, you have to be master talent developers. The reason South Carolina had such a great run, sure, they landed the Clownies and the, and the Lattimores and the, and the Jeffries and, and those players of the world, but the reason that the Gamecocks were so good from 10 to 13, they took guys like Melvin Ingram, DJ Swearinger, Connor Shaw, you know, the list goes on and on. Patrick DeMarco of guys that maybe were overlooked. They weren't highly touted. They weren't household names. And that's something Shane Beamer literally focused on during his press conference on Wednesday. They weren't quote unquote household names, but they were able to evaluate the players, evaluate their character, evaluate their skill set, how it fit into the University of South Carolina, and then they put them in positions where they got the absolute most out of them, and it paid off great dividends. Again, I've cited this quote before, one of my favorite movies, Moneyball. We are card counters at the blackjack table. That is South Carolina football right now, guys. And, and I'm not saying that in a negative way. But, hey, you're not Georgia. You're not Alabama. You're not Texas A&M. You're not recruiting in a top five club, but that's okay. That's okay. You're building this program, right? You're building this program. Guys, this is the year one class. I mean, Shane Beamer's a good recruiter, but he's not a miracle worker. So anybody who expected the Gamecocks to sign a top 15 class, and it's not over yet, by the way. It's not over yet. It's not over yet. But anybody who expected Shane Beamer to sign a top 15 class in year one, I think the expectations were set a little too high. And guys, I'll tell you this too. Let's say you keep Barham, your class is top 20. After knowing what we know now about that situation and the kid and the family and the way it was handled, 
I'd rather have the 23rd or 21st or whatever ranked class without him than have the 15th best class with him. So, and again, this is without factoring in the Spencer Rattler and the Austin Stogner additions, which are massive, which are massive. So again, but just sticking with the signing class, I think a B is a very, very fair grade. Again, did you get the star power that maybe we'd like to see? You know, only time will tell. Only time will tell. There's a lot of potential in this class. There's a lot of potential. Now we get to see, can this staff develop it and get the absolute most out of it? So again, guys, that is my full recap, wrap up, if you will, on the early signing day. And again, the 2021 early signing day superlatives are in the books. I'd love to hear from you all, guys. Hey, I'd love to hear, do you agree? Do you disagree? What's your sleeper of the class? What's your best offensive, defensive players? Which players do you are you most excited to see play? Which players are you most excited to see in the Garnet and Black from this signing class? Again, those that are signed thus far. So again, leave it in the comments. We'd love to hear from you all. And again, really, really excited about the job Shane Beamer is doing. And he's continuing to do this. Because again, guys, hey, the early signing day, that's just the first day you can sign. This thing's going to go up until February. So a lot of things are still going to happen. A lot of pieces are going to move. Trust in Shane Beamer, Beamer ball to the moon. All right, let's move off of the gridiron and move to the hardwood because, boy, oh, boy, do we have a big one tomorrow night. Up in the upstate of the Gamecocks, travel to Clemson, South Carolina, and Little John Coliseum to take on their arch rival, the Clemson Tigers. 8 o'clock tip on the ACC Network, guys. The series history, by the way. South Carolina leads this one 41 to 40. So the Gamecocks lead Clemson in basketball. The last meeting, of course, last year, guys, did not happen because of COVID. You might recall 2019, South Carolina beat Clemson up in the upstate by a score of 67 to 54. So again, a dominating win over the Tigers the last time these two faced and very excited for this one that they renew the rivalry on the hardwood, guys. Speaking of Clemson, let's look at them real quick. Seven and four on the year, 0 and 1. In ACC play, like I told you guys about Florida State, it's crazy how early the ACC does get going. But either way, they are 0-1 in ACC play, dropping their first ACC game to the Miami Hurricanes in Coral's Gable, Coral Gables, Florida, by a score of 80-75. to uh, Clemson's head coach, Brad Brownell, which is very interesting. They're kind of in a similar situation as us guys in the sense of, you know, Brownell, a dude that Clemson fans, I think, are sort of just kind of counting down and, and, and are his days numbered in the upstate, if you will. I think he's actually done a really good job with them. I mean, he's gotten them to the tournament uh, more often than the Gamecocks have been there. So Brownell uh, is the head coach, though, at Clemson. Clemson averaging 76.5 points per game, giving up 67.5 points per game. And one thing to mention, guys, Clemson does shoot the ball fairly well, shooting 49% from the field and 43%. From three. So again, this is a dangerous Tigers offense. And it'll take Frank Martin, that Gamecocks defense, to slow them down to lock down the victory. Now, let's move to the top storylines for this game. Again, a very big one anytime South Carolina Clemson meet in any sport, guys. It doesn't matter. The hate runs deep in everyone. It doesn't matter if it's basketball, football, baseball, cornhole, whatever. You name it. Spike ball. It does not matter. The rivalry is always a big deal. And guys, that's kind of where I'm going to start. The rivalry returning to the hardwood. You know, again, football is king. 
in the state of South Carolina and really in the Southeast, right? We all understand that. And, and the South Carolina Clemson rivalry in the hardwood, I mean, it's it's nowhere near like a North Carolina Duke or anything like that. But uh, I think it's very important. I think it's very important for sure. And I think a lot of fans care about this one. I think a lot of fans will be focused on this one. And um, it means a lot to a lot of people. Again, may, does it move the needle like football? No, no, it doesn't. I mean, there's many fans out there that would give up a loss to their rival in every other sport if they could just win the football game, which I know that sounds crazy, but that's how some people's brains work. But either way, the rivalry returns after an off year. Great to see it back and really excited to watch this one tomorrow night. Guys, another big storyline. I mentioned the coaches and two good ones in this one. Of course, our Frank Martin against Brad Brown at Clemson. The <clears throat> importance of this game for the coaches coaching in this game. You know, again, what are the basketball expectations at South Carolina and Clemson. I don't think either program has extremely high expectations. I mean, of course, guys, the Gamecocks have made one tournament in the last forever, and Clemson's not exactly a powerhouse going to the tournament every year either, navigating through a really tough ACC. So I think this game, you know, and I would love to get you guys to you, like how important is the rivalry game to each respective coach at each respective program. Because I do think for Frank Martin, it's important. I, I really do. And again, if he beats Clemson, does that mean that he keeps his job uh, if, if the Gamecocks just tank the rest of the way out? No, I don't think so. But, you know, it, it's kind of like Mark Kingston in baseball, right? And, and I know the baseball rivalry is much, much bigger, if you will. But it's just one of those things where if you want to win points in your favor with the fan base, you're doing yourself a great service a great favor to win this game so again two coaches that I think you could argue are living on borrowed time and again I know this the season the start of the season has been really good for South Carolina and you know we all want to see Frank flourish and succeed and him stay here for a very very long time but it, it, it's it's I, I just feel like it's very interesting that both coaches are sort of fighting something very similar because there were a lot of Clemson fans that wanted Brownell gone after last season, and there were a lot of Gamecock fans that wanted Frank Martin gone. So Martin versus Brownell, very important game for the two coaches that are going at it in this one. Guys, another big storyline for me. Get this. This is just the second true road contest for the Gamecocks. Again, you played in a tournament earlier in the season, and then Sunday, yes, you won, but it was in a neutral site in Rock Hill. So again, this is only your second true road contest. We all remember the first one, and I don't even want to mention the game. But it did not go well. It did not go well at all. So, can the Gamecocks be road warriors? Can they play much better on the road than they did their first time around? You don't want that to become a trend, right? You don't want that to become a trend and play bad basketball on the road. Because guess what? SEC plays right around the corner, and you're going to have to go on the road you're going to have to make things happen on the road in hostile environments, hostile venues. And, you know, I don't think Little John Coliseum is like, you know, Cameron Indoor or anything, but I think it's going to be rocking, right? This is a big game, rivalry game, second true road contest. How does this team respond to the adversity on the road? Now, speaking on the floor, to the big storyline, of course, guys, Jermaine Kuznar. What's his status? Can he go? Will he be available? Will he be ready to play in this basketball game? That is a huge, huge storyline and a huge question mark for this team because again you played Allen on Tuesday no big deal you took care of business and you were able to beat Florida State without him which was very very impressive by the way and I like Jacoby Wright I really do he's playing better basketball I think he's a good player I think he's got a bright future ahead 
But Jermaine Cousnard is one of your dudes. He's one of your leaders. This team looks different. It operates different when he's healthy, when he's out there, when he's playing his best. You know, normally when Jermaine Cousnard has a good game, the Gamecocks win, and this team has a good game. So can Jermaine Cousnard go? go? If he can't, how does that affect the Gamecocks' chances? Because unfortunately, I think it does. I think it does. So we'll see if he can go on Saturday night. We'll see if he can go tomorrow at Little John Coliseum. And finally, guys, my final top storyline for this one, the importance for postseason hopes. Again, guys, it's just for both teams, right? Both teams early in this season, as I mentioned, are building your resumes. You're actively building your resumes. And again, I know the Gamecocks have already won out of that three-game stretch that I mentioned of Georgetown, Florida State, and Clemson. You've already won the first two. But, you know, every win like this that you can get, it just continues to boost your resume, boost your resume, boost your resume. And I think for both of these coaches, making the NCAA tournament is the top priority. That That is, you know, all eyes are on that. And if that doesn't happen, I think both fan bases are going to be less than pleased. Yeah, that's, that's safe to say. So winning a game like this, especially with the Gamecocks, man, the quality of win on the road. I'm not sure would it be a quad one win, I guess. I don't really know how the quad RPI craziness works, whatever. Um, but either way, would be a huge win. It's games like these. Again, you're still kind of trying to make up for that bad loss you had on the road. Like I said, I don't even want to mention it by name, but you're trying to make up for that. Winning this one, and you talked about, hey, if you can be 10-3 and three or better after non-conference play, you feel good? Well, hey, you win this one, odds of you finishing better than 10-3 and three are very, 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 very good. So, again, it's a big one for your postseason hopes and getting to March Madness later in the year. All right, guys, this is the Clemson players to watch for. We're going to start on the outside. Guard Alamir Dawes, 12 points per game, 3.5 rebounds per game. Again, like I said, Clemson, a very good three-point shooting team. It is a 48% three-point shooter. So, got to make sure you're keeping an eye on him. Take care of the arc. Do not let him get hot from outside. Then you move to guard David Collins, 11.6 points per game, 6.8 rebounds per game. And then finally, the Ford, the big man down low, Hunter Tyson, 10.7 points per game and 5.5 rebounds per game as well. But again, a lot of very capable shooters on this Clemson team. Let's move guys into the keys to the game. And again, I mentioned the three ball and we all know South Carolina loves to shoot it as well. You have to win the perimeter in this one. You cannot get outshot from the outside, I think, and win this basketball game. Get hot early. Get your shooters going. Shoot or shoot, as we all know, but you've got to win the perimeter. My second key to the game, a lot of ball movement. Guys, don't get stagnant offensively, right? Keep the ball moving. Keep the energy going. Keep it high intensity. Keep the ball moving. Get in the hands of shooters. Like I said, get yourself, make yourself open shots. You're going to have to shoot well to win this basketball game. And finally, guys, my third key of the game, your second true road contest. You're going to fight adversity. The entire crowd is going to be against you. There's going to be things that happen that don't go your way. My third and final key, guys, be road warriors. Be road warriors. You know, set the tone. Do not be, you know, I think the last time you went on the road, you allowed your opponent on their home floor to be the aggressor. And I understand how that can happen. It's very easy, right? They're at home. They have momentum. Things start spiraling out of control, and all of a sudden it snowballs. You got to be a road warrior. You got to stand up to it. You got to make momentum changing plays and take advantage and punch back. When they punch, you got to punch back and then punch again and then punch a bit again. So, again, guys, my three keys to the game win the perimeter, ball movement, and be road warriors, which leads me into my prediction for this one. I think this is going to be a very, very competitive, close 
back and forth game. I think both teams will shoot the basketball well. Both teams have to shoot the basketball well. They have to. The three ball will be all over the place. Again, shoot or shoot. I think our guy Eric Stevenson is primed for a very, very big game in his first ever rivalry matchup. And it's great to see this game, by the way, guys, come back. Uh, Because, again, I know it doesn't carry the same weight as football. I understand that. But this is still normally a very, very, very fun matchup. This is a very, very fun game. And there's a lot of intensity in this one. These two sides don't like each other. Doesn't matter the sport. Like I said, huge game for Martin and Brownell. Huge game. Huge game. Offense will dominate, though. Take the over. I think the over is safe. I think both teams shoot well. The Gamecocks, though, I think go on the road. A lot of momentum. You've beaten Georgetown. You've beaten Florida State. You take a look at Clemson's schedule. Of course, they're coming off of a win against Miami of Ohio, but it took them overtime to beat Drake. They lost to Rutgers, 74-64. to They lost to West Virginia, 66-59. They lost to St. Bonaventure, 68-65. Again, this is a Clemson team that I think is talented. I think is talented for sure, but it's 7-4. and four. They don't scare me necessarily. Again, I think the Gamecocks are coming in very confident. They're coming in fresh, a lot of momentum. I think they get the job done, and they shoot just well enough to walk out of Little John Coliseum with a victory. Lock me in, folks. I got the Gamecocks winning this one. Give me South Carolina 79, Clemson 74. Again, I think it's a very tight back-and-forth ball game. Might come down to some late possessions, but I do think South Carolina will find a way to get the job done. So again, I'm locked in 79-74 Gamecocks. I would love to hear guys leave them in the comments. Your predictions. How do you think tomorrow night's game will go at Little John Coliseum? So again, folks, hey, that's going to do it all for me. Kind of sad, right? When we take these long breaks, when I go on vacation, hey, we won't drop another podcast for the week and a half. The next time we drop a podcast, it will be December the 27th, right? At least I think. Guys, you guys know how I change my mind. And, you know, there's actually a couple of shows that I, you know, I normally get the Dear Santa show out. And I haven't got to do that yet. I haven't got to do that. So who knows? I may surprise you guys. I may surprise you guys with a show. But the plan is right now, no podcast, no Daily Crow, all next week. And we will return. And, of course, the content will be rolling, no doubt. But we'll return full-fledged with all the content Monday, December the 27th, as we get you ready for game week and get you ready for the game on Thursday, December the 30th, against the North Carolina Tar Heels. So, again, guys, If we don't talk again here on these airwaves, let me wish you all a very, very, very Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Enjoy yourselves. Enjoy your time with your loved ones, your family, your friends, what have you. And I truly do appreciate each and every single one of you. And I hope Santa brings you whatever your heart desires. And if you're a Clemson fan or a Georgia fan or a rival fan, for some reason, tuned in, I hope you get coal in your stocking. Guys, I appreciate you all tuning in. Have a great rest of your Friday. Have a fantastic weekend. Go Cox. Beat Clemson. And we'll talk to you soon. Merry Christmas, guys. Take care.